Alrighty, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill. You got the OJ3. Oh my gosh, OJ. Jesus Christ. Oh, the OJ crew. Yeah, you got the OJ crew. Um, I mean, it is a football show. Anyway, you got the OG crew um, here and me, David and Dom. Goodness gracious. It is late and your boy works at three in the morning. So, well, I don't work tomorrow at three in the morning, but I, I work at three in the morning. So, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and just kick off this episode. Um, college football. What the heck, guys? <laughs> um, Alabama is a two-loss team. Georgia uh, beat Tennessee. And Notre Dame, for some weird reason, just obliterated Clemson. So <laughs> what are your guys' viewpoints on this past weekend of college football? College football is better than the NFL. Yeah. I love seeing Alabama lose again. And I still think Tennessee is a top four team, even though they lost to Georgia. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think that they should fall out of the top five. I'm like, and if anything, maybe them and Georgia should just switch spots. Like, I I think I think what'll happen is the the top four is gonna end up because especially since Clemson lost, I think the top four will end up being Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Tennessee, and then I think TCU is number five. No, right now I'm looking at the college football rankings, at least in the AP rankings. You got Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, and TCU four. Tennessee is five. Well, I think I think when we get the college football playoff rankings, I think that that Ohio State will end up being behind Michigan, just because Ohio State struggled so so much against Northwestern, and yeah, yeah it's just. It just wasn't it wasn't a good look. I, I know that the the winds were like thirty miles an hour or something like that in that game, but it just still didn't look good <laughs> like comparatively to what we've seen them. So I think when you look at that eye test, like I think they'll push them down a little bit, but I don't know. I think that this year will be just exciting because Alabama's not in it. Finally you have two But here's so here's here, here's what I'll say about Alabama not being in it. And th- this is the year where it might be a good year to have like a 16 playoff or something like that because there there is so many decent teams, but if if let's say so Alabama plays Mississippi this week and technically Alabama is third in the SEC East, I believe, um behind LSU and Mississippi. So if they beat Mississippi this week, and we know how sus LSU is, if LSU loses a game and Alabama wins out, Alabama is top of the SEC East, which means they would play in the SEC championship game. And as long as Georgia wins out, they're playing Georgia in the SEC championship game. I mean, what makes you think that? What makes you think that um, LSU is sus though? Yeah, I was gonna say. Like what? What? What has made you think that they're sus? I mean, yes, they're seven and two, but they just beat Alabama, and like no, they're. I'm, not, I'm listen. I'm not. I'm not saying that LSU definitely. is not is not a good quality team, but I don't think LSU is unbeatable. So I think in the last three games of the season, it's not out of the, out of the realm of possibilities that maybe they drop one of those just because, like I said, it's. They haven't. They're not like. They're not world beaters. Now, do I think Alabama is as good as they used to be? No, but 
I'm just saying, I, I think there there is a possibility. It's a very slim possibility that Alabama plays in the SEC championship game. But if they do and they win the SEC championship, and now you have a one-loss Tennessee team, a one-loss Georgia team, and a two-loss Alabama team who's the SEC champion, what does the playoffs look like in your guys' mind? Go through that again. So, theoretically, if Al- if everything works out and Alabama wins the SEC East, they would play in the SEC championship game against Georgia if Georgia wins out. And if Alabama beats Georgia, then you'd have a one-loss um, Georgia team. You'd have a one-loss Tennessee team. You'd have a two-loss Alabama team who's an SEC champion. Let's say Ohio State wins out against Michigan and they win the Big Ten championship. You'd have an undefeated Ohio State team. You'd have a one-loss Michigan team who only lost to Ohio State. You'd have a one-loss Clemson team. You'd have a one-loss Oregon team who lost to Georgia. And you'd have TCU who'd probably be undefeated maybe still. And I think Clemson's out. Uh, you can't lose to an unranked Notre Dame team and and still say, oh yeah, we're we're good, even though we play in the ACC, which is garbage. Um, even even if they even if they win the ACC championship, you, you you beat Pitt again in the ACC championship. Like that that conference means nothing. <laughs> TCU, okay. TCU Big Twelve again doesn't mean anything. Um, but if they're if they're undefeated and they win the Big Ten the Big Twelve championship, like okay. maybe. Um, the 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 biggest thing is is going to be the SEC. Uh, does a two loss Alabama team still get in over a one loss Georgia team, even even if they are AC or SEC champions? I don't know. It's it's going to be kind of hard to uh, not have Georgia in the in the. Is playoffs. there is there a possibility where if this if that all works out the way I said it was, it does. Would. Could could we see an Ohio State at one, an Alabama at two, and then Georgia and Tennessee round out three and four with I think Tennessee would be out because they lost to Georgia. I don't I don't think that they would be in the top four, unfortunately. I think in that situation you'd see So would it be TCU or Oregon? I probably TCU. So is but is is Oregon Oregon's in the Big 12? They're the Pac-12. The Pac-12. So they, they'd they have to play TCU in the championship, maybe. So... Yeah. So, like, if we have a, you know what I mean? Like, if Oregon wins, I don't know. And their only I mean, losses to... When, I don't think the uh, Pac-12 champion has ever made it to the um, playoffs anyways. Well, no, it wasn't... Oregon was in it the first year, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they played Ohio State. Yeah. I still think... A Pac-12 champ, you can still leave them out. I think it would, in this case, it would be Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia in the playoffs. But but Michigan lost to Ohio State and didn't get to play in the Big Ten championship. That's what I'm saying. Like I think I think if that works out the way that I said it was going to work out, I think you have three SEC champion and you have three SEC teams in there, and then you have Ohio State in there. I think that would be your playoffs. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like this year would be a good year for a 16 playoff because you could easily make an argument about Michigan. You could easily make an argument about, um, you know, TCU if they're undefeated. Maybe Oregon. Maybe LSU. You know what I mean? It just depending on where they're at. Like it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, what happens if you have a, a two loss LSU team that plays Georgia in the SEC championship and LSU wins? 
the SEC championship. What what do you do with LSU at that point? What do you do with Georgia? Like, I, right? That's that is, it is it is crazy. I think, that, I think the top, like, I think that the teams that are the top, I guess they say one or two, should be the undefeated teams, and then anything after that should be the one loss teams, and then after that should be the two loss teams. But, but I guess I mean, simple. But that's, but that's, a little bit more nuanced with it than, than just that. But know? it's not. It's not so easy because you got to think like the the talent level in the SEC is better than any other conference in college football, especially now that you're adding Texas and um, what Oklahoma next year. So well, you're. Or I think at the same Texas time, is just a big name, uh, and until they can consistently stop being. Hype machines in the off in the off season, and then just complete garbage in the regular season. Just adding Texas is is just a, but still, a money. But still, even yes, I understand that they're they're only really like a nine or ten win team every year. That is what it is. But like they they still consistently have good recruiting classes. Oklahoma's the same way. Like, do you what do you what what, what do we do at this point now with this conference? If you sit there and you have three or four teams at the end of each year that only have two losses. And it's because they beat up on each other. It's not because they lost to anybody on the outside. So how do you, how do you make a playoff that way? Like, do you you just have an sec playoff themselves and then they play everybody else? Like, I don't, it's, it's going to get crazy. Mm. And I think, I think that's why they're wanting to expand it because there's so many teams in that conference that could make the playoffs pretty much every year. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I agree with expanding the playoffs. I just think 12 teams is too much. I think six was kind of that sweet spot. Because, I mean, you, you look at the, the top 12 right now, a Clemson, which just lost to an unranked Notre Dame team, would be in the playoffs. But I don't I don't think I don't think Notre Dame's as bad as they've played. I just think they're underperforming. And I don't know if that's they underperform every year. They're like Texas. They get all the hype in the offseason. They're always ranked in the top 15, you know, the first rankings of the season. And then they just they just shit the bed every year. Well, not necessarily. I mean, they 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 normally they normally finish in the top ten. Yes, do they have one or two losses by the end of the season? Sure, but yeah. I don't think that's yeah, necessarily a them. A couple times they made the the college football playoffs. Everyone was like, "Oh, Notre Dame's you know they're back. They're Notre Dame again." And then they get embarrassed in the playoffs. Yeah, but and, well, you and could show us all why they really shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, honestly, we we can make the same argument for Ohio State. Like Ohio State won the first Ohio State one. At least won a championship and has been to a, another national championship. But they've but they've been they've pretty much been spanked in almost every single playoff game outside that first run that they made. You know what I mean? Like that's so it's like it, realistically when you look at it, like it's it's the SEC and then everybody else. Like that when you talk about the haves and the have nots, I think that that's pretty much where we're at at this point. Like, I mean, I I'm a huge Ohio State fan, but even looking at the team this year, I don't think that we beat Georgia. I don't I don't know if we beat Tennessee. Honestly, I don't even know if we beat Alabama if we played them. You know what I mean? Like that's and not saying yeah. that that we couldn't, but it's I think it's just a reality of of where we're at right now when you could barely beat Penn State and Northwestern gives you fits. You can't even run the ball against them. So how how are you supposed to beat these other teams? Yeah, I mean, I get it. 
Yeah. Do you think CJ Stroud just might be slightly overrated? Yeah, I I think that if CJ Stroud fell into the perfect situation in the NFL, that I think that he could be a very good, solid quarterback in the league for many years. But the problem is, is if he falls into a situation like Dwayne Haskins did, I think that we see a similar, you know, hopefully, you know, a similar career path to what Dwayne Haskins had where he just isn't successful. You know what I mean? Hopefully he doesn't have the off the field issues, but, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know if we really see him be successful because especially in a league now where you need your quarterback to be a little bit more mobile. Now CJ Stroud can run the ball, but I don't think that he's Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Like Justin Fields is being is so successful in Chicago right now because he's he's able to run for his life <laughs> on that crappy team. Well, a lot of that's out of necessity, but yeah, I see your point. No, yeah, I mean, because when push comes to shove, Justin Fields is able to stand back in the pocket and deliver the ball, and he had time. I think that he'd be able to do it, but that's what I'm saying. Like C.J. Stroud is not the guy that's going to be able to run for 200, you know, yards a game as a quarterback. It's just not. It's just not a possible thing. He he's more of a pocket passer. So when you look at the teams that are probably going to be drafting at that position, like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's definitely an interesting an interesting look. My next topic was on Justin Fields in the Bears, but, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, like, quarterback draft, just a real quick question for you guys. You know I'm a Steelers fan. We're asked this year, yeah. as predicted. Here's, here's my question for you guys. If we continue on this path, and let's say we have a top three draft pick in the draft, do we pull an Arizona Cardinals and draft another quarterback in the first round? Mick, I think you read my mind because I was going to ask you that question because, you know, let, let's get your, your Steelers fan opinion on this. Okay, so um, Kenny Pickett went to Pitt. Steelers fans love him, local kid. What, what, has, she, what has he shown you where you're like, wow, this dude is special? Now, I get he's young, and don't get me wrong. He can develop into a really good quarterback. But has he shown you enough where you're like, okay, we ha- let's say we have you have the number two pick. Are you going to pass up on any of the top QB prospects to keep and build around Kenny Pickett? Here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this in with three statements. My first statement is that I – do not blame Kenny Pickett's performance 100% on Kenny Pickett. I do think there are things that he needs to improve on as a quarterback. Like you said, he's super young, but that team, that offense is dog shit. Like, I think that's probably the worst. No, because the Bears are worse, but that is one of the worst. The Bears have looked really damn good the last couple weeks, though. That's because Justin Fields is like literally willing them to look good. If Justin Fields is not on that Bears team, I think that they would look god awful. But anyway, that that's that's my first statement. My second statement is when we went to replace Ben Roethlisberger, I think everybody looked at Ben Roethlisberger and said, "Wow, this team is bad because of Ben Roethlisberger." But I look at it as he was so good that we looked at him like he was ass 
but he willed that team to two playoffs in a row with how bad they were. One year without Najee Harris and James Conner, who can't stay healthy. And I think that, like, we were on this, like, false this false mindset as like Steelers fans, as football fans that like anybody could step in that situation and do just as good because Ben Roethlisberger had lost it. And I don't think he had lost. And I know that he wasn't as good as what he was, but I think that we were undervaluing how good he actually was the last two seasons of his career. And then now to answer your question, if we have the number one or number two pick, I'm taking a quarterback. I'm taking, I'm taking, CJ Stroud or I'm taking Bryce Young. The only thing that I that would stop me from doing that is if somebody put together a good enough package for me to move back to like three or four and I can get a ton of picks out of it to build this team, you know, to build to build this team correctly. Cause the, the, the problem is is like I like Najee Harris as a player, but why why take a top running back like that when there's so many offensive line on the board? We had this conversation when the draft happened two years ago. There were so many offensive linemen that they could have taken to improve the offensive line. We had the same conversation last year. Why take Kenny Pickett in the first round when nobody took a quarterback until round three? So you could have you could have at the very least waited till round two or if you thought somebody was going to take him at the beginning of round two move up. You know what I mean? Take take a difference maker in the first round. That that's what the first round is for is is to pick a difference maker not not to not to take a shot in the dark and hope that Kenny Pickett turns out to be your next franchise quarterback when there's nothing saying that he was going to be. You know what I mean? Like it's if you're if you're sentimental about a guy then pick him in the third round. Like I don't understand like yeah, I, I think the storyline of, oh, there's a star quarterback went to the University of Pittsburgh and the Steelers just have to be looking for a quarterback. I think I think maybe that storyline kind of made them a little too emotional and kind of jumped the gun on, on picking quarterback. But I um, mean, you look at who you guys could have had Tyler Linderbaum, who was the best center prospect maybe ever. Yes. Yeah, we talk about shoring up that offensive line. We could have we, we we could have drafted two first round linemen, offensive linemen, two drafts in a row, and we could have had good quality offensive line play from two oh. guys. And also, why why they went out there and they said, you know what, the quarterback that we want to sign is is Mitchell Trubisky to be our bridge quarterback. I mean, of the free quarterbacks, who who else was? Who else was go out, go out go out and trade for somebody who shouldn't be sitting as a backup right now in Gardner Minshew and let him start. I would rather have Gardner Minshew starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers than Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky at this point. I and I don't I don't know if there's anybody that would tell me that I'm wrong because it, it go out there. You know what the the Commanders gave up on Tyler Heineke. Go out there and get Taylor Heineke. Why like. There's so many better options as a bridge quarterback. You know what I mean? If you, because Kenny Pickett needed to sit. Kenny Pickett should never have taken a snap this year. He needed to sit for a year. He needed to learn how to be a pro and play in the NFL. He's just going out there. And I, that's, that's why, no matter how bad Mitch Trubisky was this year, he should have just stuck with him. And he, he honestly wasn't even playing that bad. He just wasn't playing good. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, mean, just... I I get, you know, 
Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I get that. And you always want to be competitive. But sometimes you got to think long-term. And if the, if they were set on Kenny Pickett being the guy going forward with this organization, why rush him? Mm-hmm. Why, 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 why throw him into a situation that he's not ready for yet? Or if they were set with him being the guy from day one, why not just throw him in there taking first-team snaps day one instead of just being like, yeah, okay, halfway through this game, you're going to go in now and expect him to perform. Why not just start giving him you know, first-team snaps day one so he gets those reps, first-team snaps throughout the preseason? Well, it, it, like, with the guy, all of these quarterbacks that came out this year were projects. They, they weren't ready to just be thrown to the fire and start NFL games. They need – they needed a veteran presence in the locker room, no matter how bad that veteran was, to learn how to prepare for NFL games, to learn how to be in the NFL. And we said that at the start of the season anyways. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it may have sucked. You Just stick with Mitch Trubisky. This year is going to suck, but next year will be a lot better. And honestly, if Mitch Trubisky's starting, you guys are going to be at the same record that you are at right now anyways. Yeah. So it, it's not like it's not like Kenny Pickett's been that much of an improvement. He's just he's he he's more of a gunslinger, and I I get that mentality of like trying to have a quarterback like that because that's what we've been used to as a as a I guess as a franchise as a fan base. But that doesn't always necessarily mean what you think it means, especially if you have a gunslinger who doesn't make good decisions and doesn't make good reads. Like no, as. I mean- a gunslinger can either be Ben Roethlisberger or it could be Baker Mayfield. I just see Nick's face <laughs> on this end. <laughs> oh, what, what did everyone say about Baker coming out of college? What did everyone say about him after his rookie year? Oh, he's a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. He's like Brett Favre. Listen, that's kind of disrespectful to Brett Favre, even though he's a okay. Well, Brett Favre disrespects himself, so no, that's that's why I said I said that was disrespectful to Brett Favre, even though even though he's a dirt bag. But his but his Brett Favre's play on the field at least was better than what Baker Mayfield's ever put together. So (laughs) most 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 interceptions ever in NFL history, but yet he's a great quarterback. (laughs) Well, to be fair though, when when he when he was a gunslinger, it wasn't he he became a gunslinger at a time where developing quarterbacks to be a gunslinger wasn't a real thing. So he was really more of like like him playing and then Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? These guys came in the league and they were more of like pioneers for this like gunslinger mentality, this like this beginning of this like pass first really the ball over. Huh? Peyton Manning never really turned the ball over that much. He he had a lot of interceptions at the beginning of his career. Yeah, so, beginning, and then he learned. Brett Favre never learned. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Then that's I think that's 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 what sets them apart. I mean, I was going to get to that point of like that's what sets them apart. But at the beginning of their career, they were really pioneers for this like pass first league that we're in. And you know, Brett Favre was definitely more of an old style quarterback where they just turned around and hand the ball off and maybe throw it 15 times a game, like a Jimmy G. You know what I mean? Like. Is not 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 a guy that you want to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. So but let's go ahead and move on to the Bears. So, so back to the original topic about the Steelers being in, in the in the top three and and getting a quarterback. 
Right now, I'm looking at a mock draft. They're sitting at four, and all the top three quarterbacks are gone. So you guys are going to have to lose a little bit more. Um, so, Nick, you, you would, right now it's the Lions at one, Texans at two, Panthers at three. Well, the Panthers and Texans are – C.J. Stroud and Will uh, Levis going three. Yeah. So, Nick, you, you would tank for a quarterback. David, what about you? I would – if Kenny Pickett's still your guy – I would try to create an offensive line first and foremost. Take whatever high, take whatever offensive lineman that you can get that's high, or if they're not up to number four status or top five status, then you can get more draft picks. Lower yourself in terms of draft picks, draft that lineman, and then go from there. See this if if I if I was running the Steelers organization at the trade deadline, this is what I would have done, and I would have looked at this team and said, "Okay, we have an opportunity here to do a one-year little bounce-back rebuild type thing." I would have taken Cam Hayward, and I love Cam Hayward. He's one of the all-time great Steelers, one of the all-time great Ohio State players. But I would have taken Cam Hayward, and I would have shipped him somewhere for some picks because he still has a lot of career left in him. And he could go somewhere to a team that's competing, and they would give you a, a good amount of assets back in return. I would have taken Devin Bush because I'm not paying Devin Bush. I would have taken him and sent him somewhere as well, too. He can go somewhere. He could get you a couple assets in return, and he'll be good for another team. That's fine. Whatever it is, what it is. And I would have just looked through that team and looked through guys who are in contract years or guys that I can get assets out of, and I would have shipped them out. And then the next two or three drafts, I would try to compile as many picks and I would go out there and I would just start building that offensive line. Like David said, I would continue to build that that secondary in the defense because the front seven is pretty solid. You know what I mean? Obviously, you're going to have to replace Cam Hayward, but I don't think that I think you would be able to replace an interior rusher. And, you know. I think that you would be able to do that over the next two or three years, and I think that you go ahead and tank. And if you are at one or two, I think you take a quarterback. I think you have to. And then you sit there and you go, okay, between the three that we have, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and the guy that we drafted, battle oh, I think I think Pickett's going to walk. I think he, you signed him to, what, a one-year deal? Pickett? Did we draft No, um, I meant um, Trubisky. No, I think they signed him to a three-year deal, like a two- oh. or three-year deal. Oh. But mm. he's – but he, but he's making backup money. That's the thing. They signed him and paid him backup money to be a starter. So it's not like they're invested in him a ton. Yeah. So right now the mock draft that I'm looking at has the Steelers taking edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama at number four. And that wouldn't be um, bad. I mean, I mean but it again, be bad. it's not your biggest need, but no. it wouldn't be bad. The only thing, the only First thing off, that lineman off the board is going at number six to the Raiders. I mean, you have you have a, an Ohio State offensive line that I think all those guys are pretty much going to get drafted in the draft this year. So, I mean, have have your pick like Paris Johnson. It, it it's just like there, you you could have some good offensive linemen in this draft too, and I, and I think honestly, if you if you sit there at three. I think it's I think it's CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or Will Levis or Bust. But if you sit there at three and you go, screw it, we're gonna try to build a team, a good team, and see if Kenny Pickett can do it, then trade back and get a ton of a ton of picks in return. Like, why not? 
you know what I mean? Like it, I think that you could only benefit from that. You can get a, a, a lot, a lot more talent on that team. And then you can go ahead and build around Kenny Pickett and see if you could put something together. So I, I don't know, but let's move on. We've got a ton of other topics to talk about. <laughs> um, we kind of already talked about Justin Fields and the bears and, but you know, let's go ahead and move on to, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. <laughs> Stephen A's, that's a bad man. I think he's uh, bad now at football, or is it just the team that he's on? It's the team. I mean, the, the dude won the MVP last year. You don't forget how to play quarterback in one year after winning the MVP. I don't know, it, man. He's he's He, he might have done too much ayahuasca, and maybe he just forgot. No, he's really missing Devontae Adams. He's, he's throwing to – uh, a washed up um, I can't even think of the wide receiver's name Randall Cobb Randall Cobb. he's throwing to Randall Cobb Romeo Dobbs who doesn't know how to play wide receiver apparently Alan Lazard's the only semi-reliable wide receiver that he has how do you you, you can put you can put Jesus in there at quarterback <laughs> and he would struggle to throw only to Alan Lazard all right, we both know that Jesus would be amazing in that <laughs> offense. All right, <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> okay, you, you get what I'm saying. No quarterback will be successful in a, a wide receiving room of Romeo Dobbs, who shouldn't be playing, and Alan Lazard, and then you have an inconsistent Ryan Tanyan. Your only weapons that you have that are consistent are Aaron Jones and. Uh, A.J. Dillon, and they're your running backs. And neither of them are really great uh, wide receivers out of the backfield. What do you what do you, what do you expect them to do? No no wonder why you see Aaron Rodgers getting so pissed off on the field. It's because they traded away the best wide receiver in football. Or but one of the, the same time, he did that to himself. He had he such a did, major though. contract. They he gave Green Bay nothing left to do but to trade away another major contract, which by the way, happened to be his star wide receiver. They, they, they could have kept Devonte Adams. Devonte yeah, Adams they, wanted they out. Made the money work. He, he wanted out because Rogers was flaky, but let me ask you this though, as much as Rogers should regret his actions that caused Devonte Adams to leave. Do you think that Devonte Adams regrets just as month, just as much requesting to leave because the Raiders don't look good. And we thought they might be a lot better than what they are. And Devonta Adams and Derek Carr are not really connecting. I know this past week he had a good week, but they're not really connecting the same way that him and Aaron Rodgers used to connect. I don't think it, it, it's as much as him regretting to leave as much as he regrets joining the Raiders. I still think they'll figure out. They have a new head coach. They have a new, completely new front office. I We got to give this front office time to really put things together because this – this last offseason was their first offseason together as a front office. So I, I think I think they're they're incomplete right now. Like it's hard to put together a championship caliber team on the fly. Like in just one offseason, you go from a team that barely made the playoffs to getting a new coach, new front office, and then all of a sudden you get Fonte Adams and you're a Super Bowl contender. Like they're still trying to, to fix the mistakes of the previous regimes and um now that that takes time. I mean, they you you look at a lot of the draft picks that they got from the Cleo Mack trade, 
none of them have really worked out and they didn't um, extend the fifth year options to a lot of those guys. They traded away their first round pick from just the previous year. And it, it's going to take time to, to rebuild and fill the holes that the team has, but at least they have a, we all know Derek Carr is a better quarterback than, than what he's been playing. They have their quarterback locked up. You have Devonte Adams. We'll see if they bring back Josh Jacobs, but running backs are pretty replaceable. And, you know, they'll have a lot of cap room and they'll have a lot of draft picks. So is, is there, is Derek Carr better than what he's been playing like, or, or is this just on, is it just on par? Like, so Derek Carr had that MVP season. I, well, I know, but hold on. So he had that MVP season, right? And then I know he got hurt, but then he came back and he was pretty mid for a good about a time. And then, Last year he came on the scene and they were like, "Okay, you're good again." They gave him that contract extension and now he's just out here mid again. So like, is it just on par that he has like a good season every once in a while and then he just is average or below average? Like I, I just I don't know. I don't know if we can sit there and say that he's better than what he's been playing because this is we we've seen him play like this more than we've seen him play good. Like I mean, I, I think even his previous bad years have been better than this year. So, but even but even so, that like I feel like my point still stands. Like we've seen him play, we've seen him play average or worse more than we've seen him play good. Like I don't think I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I just don't think that like I'm I'm not that surprised. Like I was hoping that they would be better. I was hoping that this division would be better than what it is. But I mean. The the Broncos have shit the bed. Russell Wilson looks god awful, but like it, I I don't know. Speaking of which, what are your guys' thoughts on the Seahawks? I think um, Pete Carroll was covering up for a lot of the shit that Russell Wilson is. I think if he, Pete- if he able to to make Geno Smith look like an All Pro quarterback, yeah, I think. We all we all thought that Russell Wilson was covering up for a lot of the shortcomings of Pete Carroll, and now we're seeing that maybe it was Pete Carroll covering up for a lot of the shortcomings of Russell Wilson. Yeah, I this is what I'll say though. I think I think it's a lot to do with scheme. I think Geno Smith and Russell Wilson are very similar quarterbacks. I think Russell Wilson in the scheme. I think even if Russell Wilson was on this team this year, I think this team that he would be performing better than Geno Smith. I just think that that Russell Wilson is really only meant he's just not a guy that's going to go out there and fit in any scheme. Like Well, yeah, don't get me wrong, scheme is obviously important. But you look at all of Russ's previous Seahawks teammates that just come out and said, "Yeah, the dude fucking horrible teammate sucks to play for, sucks to play with." But that doesn't that doesn't mean now, that he's not he's, he's not good in this locker room. And you get a real leader like Geno Smith, who is running that scheme to a to perfection. Like he looks phenomenal, and I don't know, he's just I think a better fit for that organization. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, nothing taken away from Geno Smith, but I just I don't know. I think I think Russell Wilson has to take a good hard look in the mirror and and figure it out because the Denver Broncos should be competing for a playoff spot this year. Not, not looking at a top 10 pick in the draft. Like that's just, well, Broncos country riding nowhere 
Um, <laughs> Russell Wilson, he, he's always, to me, appeared to be the, the kind of guy that cares more about his personal accolades and being considered the hero than, you know, putting the team on his back and, and being, you know, really part of a team. And then, I don't know. I, yeah. I think that's really coming to, to a head now. And he doesn't have, you know, uh, a veteran coach and, you know, a, a really good team around him to kind of cover some of that up. Yeah. I don't know. Let's play Let's play a quick game of uh, big deal or not. Okay. Brady Probably not. Brady throwing for over 100,000 yards in the regular season and playoffs combined. Big deal or not? Dude's been playing for 40 years. I'd be like, I'm more surprised that he hasn't reached it already. Mm-hmm. It's not been 40 years, but okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, impressive. He's getting me wrong, but not surprising. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he's the best quarterback of all time. But it's a lot easier to reach 100,000 yards for a career when you've had a career that – if he has his way, will span 30 years. You know, the, the longer you play, obviously the more these accolades become achievable. It's not like he retired five years ago and still hit, you know, 100,000 yards. He, the, dude's, the dude's 45. He, his rookie year was 1999. Do you, do, you, do you really think we see him play next year? He doesn't have Giselle telling him to retire. And he has an ego going straight to his head. Oh, yeah. If anything, his ego is even bigger because before he's like, oh, they think I'm washed up. Now they really think I'm washed up. I'm going to show them. I don't care if I'm out there in a wheelchair and I'm 65. (laughs) Where do we, well, where, where do we see him play next year? Is he still in Tampa Bay or does he go somewhere else? I, that's the thing. It's whether or not the teams actually want to sign him. I mean, any team would sign him. I mean, a- almost any team would sign him. Honestly, though, <laughs> the the Colts seem like the best, the highest probability because they love to sign their old ass quarterbacks and then kill them. So, like, I mean, Carson Wentz isn't an old ass quarterback, but oh, well, I get what you're saying. His, his body might as well be an old ass quarterback. So when 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 you can sprain both your ankles on one play, you're an old ass quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 worse injury luck than me. <laughs> so I don't know. Speaking of the Colts, though, they fired their head coach, mm. and their interim head coach is is Jeff Saturday, who I thought was a sports analyst for ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, was. I didn't even know that he was co- was he even coaching or did they were they were just like hey do you just want to dick around for the rest of the season like I don't I, I feel like they called him or like hey you want to coach he's like yeah I'll coach yeah, sure <laughs> I've never yeah, coached before I just sit here and argue with Stephen A. Smith about his his lists all day <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong I I think it'll have the respect of everyone in that locker room just because it's Jeff Saturday. And not only is he a hall of fame player, he's probably one of the greatest Colts of all time besides Peyton Manning. So like, he'll, he'll have the respect and attention of everyone in that locker room, which will make his job a lot easier. 
And obviously being a, a, a player like he was, he knows how locker rooms should and shouldn't operate. And he knows what the chain of command should be. So, I mean, he'll, I'm sure he'll defer a lot to his offensive defensive coordinators for more of the game plan kind of stuff. But in terms of, you know, running practices, running the locker room and, and making, you know, clock management decisions, I, I think he, he might do really well if he can defer a lot to uh, his coordinators. But that's only going to last so long if they keep losing. They, they, he, he's, he's their interim coach for a reason. They just need someone to get well, him through the well, I'm, I'm saying, and then I'm saying they'll, his... they'll try to bring in Sean Payton in the offseason or or maybe Eric Bieniemy finally gets a head coaching job. But he he's literally just a filler to get them through the season till they can get like their you know next full time head coach. Yeah. I don't know. Um the I have two more things. Um the last thing I have on here is um Another, you know, another big deal or not kind of kind of fun one for you guys is the Dolphins, like two leading wide receivers, you know, with Hill having 1,100 receiving yards and Waddle having 812 receiving yards, you know, big deal or not? I think very big deal because that's two legitimate op- options for Tua to throw to and Tua can run on the can run if he needs to and has a decent running back as well. But also like we're only halfway through the season. So like a little over halfway. So if you multiply those by two, if they stay on this pace, like Tyreek Hill is going to have over 2000 receiving yards and Jalen Waddle is going to be pretty close. So do you think that Tyreek Hill gets over 2000? If not, I, I'm not willing to go that far, but I, I do think that it is, it is a big deal. Um, you know, we've never really seen a wide receiver tandem, you know, kind of put up the numbers that they have. So, I mean, it, they're they're having absolutely amazing seasons. Um, I think a lot of it to do has to do with with Tua. Mm-hmm. He really grown as a quarterback this year. And he, he's really kind of stuck into the Dolphins organization that was ready to move on from him last year and showed, Hey, you just got to give me a little bit of time just because I wasn't a superstar. My first two years in the league doesn't mean that he was unable to develop into the quarterback that we all thought that he could be, you know, I think, I think it is that, but I also think Josh McDaniels is that good of an offensive mind. Yeah. I mean, obviously having McDaniels in there helps, but it also goes to show, like we've both been saying for weeks now, if not years, sometimes you just got to be patient with young quarterbacks. Not every player, even Patrick Mahomes sat for a year, not every player is going to be able to come in right out of the gate to their rookie year and be a superstar. Sometimes. At, like Daniel Jones. Like Daniel Jones is having a really solid yeah. year with the Giants right now. Like, and you know what? Aaron Rodgers, who, yes, he's having a bad year. He's still one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He sat for three years behind Brett Favre. Sometimes yeah. I know it's hard for people to be patient nowadays, but sometimes you need to be patient. Brady Brady sat for a year. Roethlisberger sat for a year. I mean, you have it's 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 a precedent that we've gotten away from. These these teams draft these quarterbacks in the first round, and they're like, yeah, you're going to start right away, and maybe that's not the best case scenario. 
Because so. everybody wants wants instant results. No one's willing to wait yeah. and develop some of these guys. You know, I, I can't imagine how much wasted potential we have now in the league because everyone just wrote them off because, you know, they didn't perform immediately out of college. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where Justin Fields was. If he If Justin Fields doesn't start just – running the ball and, and carrying this team that way, I think that the Bears write him off and maybe they trade him or, or just cut him altogether. So yeah. I don't know. And that's that's a sad that's a sad thing because you look at Justin Fields and I don't think he's a bad talent, but he's just got a shit team around him. They've been really really impressive the last couple of weeks. I so will give him that. Yeah. But the last thing I had was I was just gonna so I know it's like the mid-season, so I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on on MVP. But before I did that, I have um, what one, two, three, four, five. I have six. I have six quarterbacks here who I think are in the hunt for MVP this year. Um, I was gonna give you their stats like blindly, and then I wanted to see if you guys, you know, who you guys thought was the best out of all of them without giving a name. Um, just because I think that this year we have like a lot more transparency when it comes to to quarterback play and it's not like I don't think there's any clear-cut top favorites so quarterback number one has 2400 yards passing they have 19 touchdowns eight interceptions they have 392 rushing yards four rushing touchdowns and four fumbles don't be looking it up on your phone no I'm not looking at it but that sounds like Daniel Jones um quarterback number two has 2,000 passing yards, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, 326 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, and four fumbles. Quarterback number three, 2,600 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, 120, 176 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and two fumbles. Quarterback number four, 2000, uh, about 2,200 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, 196 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown and two fumbles. Quarterback number five, 2,500 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception, zero rushing yards, one fumble. And the last quarterback, 2,500 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, six interceptions, 141 rushing yards, and four rushing touchdowns. No fumbles. I think it's that last one. I was going to go number two and guess. Can I guess the player that I think number two was? Yeah, sure. Was it Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Yeah. Number two. So number one was Josh Allen. He had the 2,400 passing yards, 392 rushing yards. Um, Josh Allen has 23 combined touchdowns and 12 combined turnovers. Um, Jalen Hurts had 18 combined touchdowns and six combined turnovers. Mahomes was quarterback number three with 2,600 passing yards, 176 rushing yards, 22 combined touchdowns. Oh, man. Eight combined turnovers. And then Geno Smith was quarterback number four. He had 22 passing, 2,200 passing yards, uh, 196 rushing yards. He only has 16 combined touchdowns and six uh, turnovers. 
So not as good as the other guys, but I do think with what he's put together with Seattle, I think he should be in the conversation Mm -hmm. um, a little bit longer just to kind of see what he does over the next four weeks compared to everybody else. And then Brady, I had at the, at the fifth quarterback position, he only has the 10 touchdowns, but only one interception and he has 2,500 passing yards. So I think he's second in passing yards right now. So even with how bad the Buccaneers have been and, and how we've kind of talked about him struggling, he's still having a decent season. You know what I mean? I think if he had a little bit more touchdowns, I think that we could definitely say that he'd be in the front running for MVP, but I think he's one worth watching for the rest of the season. If, if the Buccaneers can, can get hot and start winning some games. And then David picked the last guy and I had that that's Joe Burrow was the last guy on that one. So yeah, he's definitely beat himself the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so all these guys have like something in common. They they have a lot of turnovers. I think that's something that we haven't seen in a while, where you have the top quarterbacks in the league have, league have so many turnovers. But you know, other than Brady, who only has two, but he only has ten total touchdowns. So, <laughs> but do you think this is a year that maybe a position player could win the MVP outside a quarterback? I mean, I think position players should always be accounted for and, and or at least considered for uh, MVP. Who, who do you guys think non-QB-wise could be in that consideration, though? Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I would say Nick Chubb as well. Yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb. Um, Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, I mean, now that I think about it more, if it were up to me, regardless of position, the MVP right now would be between Tyreek Hill and Nick Chubb. We can't, but Derrick Henry has been, I like. I think Derrick Henry has more rushing yards than Nick Chubb has, though, doesn't he? Well, NFL rushing leaders. Okay, so yeah, he has twenty nine more rushing yards, but he also has. So Derrick Henry has 183 attempts, 870 yards, nine touchdowns. Nick Chubb has 841 um, rushing yards on 149 attempts, but 10 touchdowns. Nick Chubb also has more yards of 20 plus yards. But they're but they're it, they're pretty they're pretty ball. much on pace with each other. So it's not like I don't think it's egregious to say either one of them. But I do think when you talk about like. The pace that they're on, if you would to if you were to double, you know, their numbers, they're right around, you know, sixteen yeah, seventeen hundred yards. Yeah, but Derrick Henry has to have more attempts to get those yards than Nick Chubb does. Yeah, but Derrick also, Henry, also but Nick, without Nick without Nick Chubb, the I mean the Browns have already had a disappointing season. You take Nick Chubb out of that, you're looking at a one a one win team. If that you don't you don't think if you take Derrick Henry off the Titans that they're not significantly worse than what they are you know what i mean like that's that's what i'm saying i don't i don't i think i think like having the debate who's better it's like if you look at it objectively like i understand that you're a browns fan so you're probably like a little bit of a homer on this one but if you look at it objectively Mm -hmm. they're pretty much the same player stats wise at this point like i know i know nick chubb has a you know like 0.2 more yards per carry than derrick henry but like it just it's I don't think that they're that different. I think somebody that's more impressive is like Tyreek Hill, who already has over a thousand yards receiving and we're only halfway through the season. And then um 
what is it, Jalen Brown with the Eagles? Huh? I thought you were talking about Jalen Brown. Who's the Eagles wide receiver? Um, Marquise Brown. AJ Brown. Brown. There you go. Sorry. AJ Brown is having a phenomenal season with the Eagles as well, too. Like, if you want to put him in that wide receiver category. Yeah, he finally has a good quarterback to throw the ball to him. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I mean, it's definitely – it'll probably always be a quarterback for the most part that wins the MVP, but it is nice to sometimes – it would be nice to see some guys, you know, else win it like like it'd been cool if like tj watt was in more of a conversation last year when he set the record for sacks like you know what i mean i think that's something that um that we should look more i think aaron donald was in the conversation when he was when he had like 20 something sacks that one year too so i don't know but what do we know we're just a couple of guys doing a talk show uh just this is a talk show what the heck <laughs> what are you talking about? What a the podcast, David. This is a talk show. Where's our guests? <laughs> oh my gosh, where's our big studio? Oh, man. <laughs> we don't get the budget for a big studio. I'll tell you that. <laughs> We're all in, I, I'm in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hold on before uh, before we wrap this up. Um, can we talk about how the Ravens are beating the Saints twenty-seven to six right now? I'm not really surprised, but I mean, I mean, I'm not. I I think this team was overlooked again. The Ravens Just, team, huh? Ravens? I think so. I mean, everyone who, went in thinking who, who overlooked them. I didn't overlook them. We we all we all talked about how they were gonna be better than what they were last year. Last year was a fluke yeah. But I, I still think that everyone still thought that the the Bengals were gonna run away with the division. I and the, I, the Ravens, yes, they would have been better. I still don't think anyone really picked the Ravens to win the division. I I I thought I I thought the Ravens would win the division at the beginning of the season. Like I I like Joe Burrow, but the Bengals are the Bengals and the Bengals organization is the Bengals organization and they make poor decisions and they don't surround their quarterbacks with good players. And like, yes, I know that. That's kind of hard to say when you have, um, you have probably the best wide receiving core in in football. And I was, I was going to get to that. I know, I know that they probably have, they have a top five running back and they have probably the best wide receiving core in the league, like you said, but they have one of the worst offensive lines that they spend them they spent seventy million dollars on. And their defense is not is not that great. So you compile that together and it, it's a hard team to say that's gonna go out there and win a Super Bowl. I mean We also said that last year too. And look up where look where they ended up. Yeah, but but Joe Burrow still couldn't get it done, and it's not necessarily all his fault, but I don't know. I think I think the Ravens are a more complete team, even without J.K. Dobbins. And I think Lamar Jackson was has been overlooked a lot, and I think he's becoming a better passer than what we've seen in the past. I think that was going to be my next point. Mm. I think a lot of people write them off because they don't think that Lamar Jackson can be a good quarterback. They think, yes, he's electric with his um, – you know, playmaking ability on the ground. But they think, oh, he just does dump off passes to Mark Andrews and he can't really make the difficult throws. But he, he's proving this year that he can make the difficult throws and he genuinely is a good quarterback. And I, I think it's time that we kind of 
give him the respect that he kind of deserves. And like, yeah, the dude's like a really good quarterback. Yeah. No, he's it. I again another guy that just needed time to develop. Like these guys aren't going to come out of college and be perfect right away. Like they're going to need time. You give you give every every other player in any other position two or three years to develop and you give them chances. Why are we not doing the same thing with quarterbacks? That never made any sense to me. Yep. They're not. These are, (laughs) these are literally like sometimes 20, 21 year old people that are coming out of college. Like they're not even fully developed into their own bodies yet, let alone their own minds and ability to go out there and compete with grown men. You know what I mean? Like, 27 year old people in their prime like you how do you expect that Mm -hmm. all right well i need some water because my uh throat is scratchy as heck and i keep coughing so let's go ahead and uh call this one uh again as always guys uh check us out anywhere you get your podcast um anytime we make a post we put our uh link tree link up there go ahead and click on that you can find all our social media you can find where you can listen to all of our episodes and as always, like uh, rate us on Facebook. You can rate us on Facebook now. So give us one star if you think we suck and, and let us know why and give us five stars if you love us. So, um, but other than that, uh, again, this was not the OJ3. This was the OG3 of the podcast in <laughs> me, Dom, and David. And this is another episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.